0: We are going to be reading this morning from Isaiah 55. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labour on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good. And you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples. A ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not. And nations you do not know will come running to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendour. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. And our second reading is from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning.
1: Good thank you Jacob so much and thanks for stepping in and um, welcome once again it's really really good to see you um, special welcome if it's your first time if you're visiting just passing through really glad to be together I know that there are a thousand things that can keep us from coming on a Sunday morning so well done for making it let's pray our father thank you for your words thank you for the scriptures and thank you for the gift of preaching please would you teach us more now of what to expect. What is your plan for preaching? In Jesus' name, amen. I am your father. Name the film. Thank you so much. I was so shocked that a few days ago, someone didn't know. Someone in this church family, <laughs> I won't name them, didn't know that that was from Star Wars. Go and watch it tonight if you haven't seen them. Um, surely the most iconic films of all time, arguably. Maybe one of the most iconic lines from a film of all time. And I think it's so iconic, partly because it's the twist of all twists, isn't it? It reveals the most unexpected and complicated father-son relationship. Um, but it's a hugely powerful theme to explore. The relationship with a father. It's a very personal and sensitive area, actually. I think the most moving example I've seen in recent years of this is um, the Elton John biopic, Rocket Man, if anyone else has seen that. Uh, the musical film that uh, it says it's based on a true fantasy. It's good, isn't it? Um, well, the film shows the story of the, the very unhappy, lonely boy, Reggie, growing up in London suburbs in the 50s and 60s. And most poignant is his fear of his father. Elton told Rolling Stone magazine about the film, he says, I was afraid of my father. I was walking on eggshells the whole time. Sadly, they only have physical contact when it was corporal punishment. And so as his life goes on and he ends up skyrocketing to extraordinary fame and career success, the shadow side is always there, the sorrow, the heartbreak, it's always present in the backgrounds." so much hurt and brokenness that leads to destruction and he admits he says in real life that all that glamour and glitz in his life was quote a reaction against everything that he wasn't allowed to do now here's the issue the character of your father determines your experience of your father now, we've all had different fathers. I realize this is potentially very sensitive grounds. We've all had different experiences. Some of us very happy. Uh, some of us quite mixed, perhaps. Some of us very painful. And yet, this principle is true of our heavenly father. The character of our father determines the experience we can have of our father. Jesus said, that if we've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. Jesus shows us the beautiful character of our Father in heaven. It's only good all the time. And so his beautiful character means we can expect a wonderful experience of him. And here's the point, because you know we're preaching about preaching we'll see today that there is a crucial connection between preaching and our relationship with our Heavenly Father because our Father preaches. Our Father is a preacher. Preaching ultimately comes from Him. Now, before we drill into this, let, let me explain what we're doing. It is quite meta, isn't it? Like Connor said, preaching about preaching. Well, I'm quite excited about it. Um, it certainly feels unusual. You'll know if you've been here before that normally we kind of work through a book of the Bible progressively, but occasionally we do stop and dig into a certain theme or topic that we think might be particularly valuable. And I felt that it would be vital to actually address preaching. Uh, it's clearly a top priority. For If you're you know, regular here, you'll know that we value preaching highly. But why? Why do we value preaching highly? Is it just kind of personal preference? Is it just a matter of style or culture? You might be here today and you're not quite sure about the Christian faith. You're just sort of thinking about things. And you're so welcome, by the way, if that is you. Well, you might think that surely what we're really here for as a church family is the community. It looks pretty great. People seem to love each other, and they do, and that seems great. And I guess we just kind of put up with a 30- or 40-minute monologue. I mean, what's that about? When you stop and think about it, what actually is preaching? In, in everyday life, we often use the word in quite a negative way, don't we? Don't preach at me, we say. If someone's being a bit forceful or inconsiderate, what actually is it that Andy and I are doing well, when we stand up here in front of you or expecting you to sit and listen politely for however long, saying things, teaching things from the Bible? What are we actually doing? What's the difference between a preach and a lecture? What's the difference between a preach and a Bible study? What's the difference between a preach here and you talking to your neighbor? On the street? Why listen to me now when we could have saved a lot of time and effort and just tune into a podcast on the tube tomorrow? What actually is preaching and what do you expect from preaching? Is it about motivation, geeing you up to live your best life now? Is it about information and knowledge, getting to know the Bible better? Could it somehow actually be connected to our very deepest selves and our relationship with our Heavenly Father? Yes. <laughs> it turns out that there are very important questions related to preaching. And so here's what we're going to do. Three weeks. Our God is three in one, Father, Son, and Spirit. So we're going to think about the relation of each person of the Trinity to preaching. Turns out that each person relates in a very important way. So today... The Father. The Father is preaching. And um, if you, on the back of your service sheet, there's an outline of where we're going. Those main headings, that's basically all we're going to say. Those eight words is what we're going to think about today. God the Father preaches through humans for life. Let's break it down. God the Father preaches. If you've still got John 1 open, um, page what was it? 799, then we'll just look at that for a few minutes. We'll jump around a little bit if you'll bear with me. So John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word. Okay, any, uh, any fans of pub quizzes here? Anyone? Yeah, oh, yeah look at you, you've yeah, got a team together. Right, um, I wonder how you'd answer if the question came up in a pub quiz, what was the first sermon in the Bible? Your teammates would look at you and, oh, you go to church, come on, you shouldn't know. Well, what would you say? Um, Peter, a Pentecost, perhaps? Is that the first Christian sermon? Uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount? Uh, maybe you go Old Testament. Ooh. What about Moses, Mount Sinai? I'll tell you what, Genesis 1. Ah, God speaking. Let there be light. Was that the first sermon? It was actually even earlier. In the beginning was the word. John's clearly referencing Genesis, isn't he? If you've ever read Genesis chapter one, those famous first words of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So there was a time when God created everything. Before that, God was still God. In the beginning, God. And that means God has always existed God has always existed as Father, Son, and Spirit. And here in this verse we learn, don't we, another title for the Son, the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. That verse goes on. So he was one with the Father and somehow distinct from the Father. And then we get down to verse 14, don't we, and we read that this Word became flesh. Uh, the eternal word who's existed eternally with god the father and god the spirit he took on flesh in jesus christ you might know jesus prayed a, a, an amazing prayer later in john's gospel which included these words he said to the father you loved me before the creation of the world so before creation what was god doing wasn't just twiddling his thumbs getting a bit bored no He's always been a, a loving union of Father, Son, and Spirit. And that love within God is why he created, as we heard earlier, to lavish that love on others, to share it. And so if the Son is eternally the Word, the Father is eternally the speaker, the preacher, you could say. Okay, should we pause a moment? <laughs> it's quite dense stuff, isn't it? Um, let's employ the help of Martin Luther, a 16th century reformer. Um, he preached on a verse that Jesus spoke in John's Gospel, which says, um, he, Jesus is speaking about the Spirit, okay, and he says the Spirit will speak what he hears. What does the Spirit hear? Well, Martin Luther said this, he preached on this verse and he said, Christ, the word, refers to a conversation carried on in the Godhead. He sets up a pulpit, both for the speaker and the listener. He makes the Father the preacher and the Holy Spirit the listener. Do you see? Our Father has eternally been speaking. The Son has eternally been the word. The Spirit has eternally been listening. It's so a little bit like light. If light isn't shining, it's not light, is it? Clemmy, our three-year-old, has got this little water bottle, uh, which she has by her bedside. And it's got these very cool glow-in-the-dark handles. Ooh, you know the thing? And um, they kind of charge up during the day, don't they? And then when you turn the lights off, ooh, nice glowy water bottle. Um, occasionally, though, the tragedy happens and that it's been hidden under the duvet all day. So it doesn't charge up at bedtime and she says, it's not light, <laughs> because they're not glowing. Now she's right, isn't she? If it's not shining, it's not light. Light shines. And God is light. 1 John 1 verse five, God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. So he's always shining, light shines. Uh, and light in the Bible, it, it means revelation. God is light means he loves to reveal himself, to make himself known, to share his Word. John Stott put it like this, just as it is the nature of light to shine, so it is the nature of God to reveal himself. God the Father has eternally been speaking, shining, revealing. That is who he is. You see how this is good news, friends? If God is our Father, he's eternally a speaker, a giver of light, a revelation of the truth about himself. By sharing his word with us, sending Jesus to us, God is most undeniably eager to speak to you, to include us in the conversation. This is so good, as we'll see shortly, our good God speaking means him sharing life and love with us. We have a God who overflows with love towards us. Our Father has eternally been fatherly. Life springing from him comes by His word. Okay, we keeping up, God the Father preaches. Second through humans this is quite something okay there's quite something god has chosen to open up the conversation and he did that through humans <laughs> he did it first in scripture um i wonder if anyone's kept a journal over the years you might not want to admit to it i don't know um i've, I've kind of dabbled over the years not recently it, it's a weird experience isn't it am i the only one that finds it a little bit weird and there's always maybe i'm just self-obsessed but there's always that awareness that potentially someone else could read it uh, you just can't get that possibility out of your mind can you and maybe someone needs to invent like fading ink that'd be clever wouldn't it take that to dragon's den it fades kind of over a few years and then you could write a bit more honestly maybe um well god god has not left himself without records he has provided a written record of who he is scripture the bible the Apostle Paul said, all scripture is God-breathed. It's a very weird phrase. It means God's words, the, the written scriptures are from God. They're breathed out by him, just as my breath carries my words to you. Without breath, you need breath to speak the words. So these human writings, with their Various human languages and cultural influences and differing personalities, they were superintended, perfectly directed by God. So that what they wrote is precisely what he wanted them to write. It means that all of scripture has both a human author and a divine author. We can say then with J.I. Packer, scripture is God preaching. But not only is it a written record, is it? It is living and active, Hebrews 4 verse 12. So that means that God says now what he said then. Now this much we might be fairly familiar with, a lot of us. But did you know that God also preaches through human preaching? It's helpful to recognize here um, what people call a threefold distinction. Okay, that is, if you were to ask um, what is the word of God, there are actually three answers to that question. Uh, we've seen a couple already, haven't we? Um, John 1, what is the word of God? Don't be shy. Jesus, exactly, the incarnate word, okay, the eternal word who took on flesh. Um, he is the word of God. What else is the word of God? Scripture, thank you, exactly. The Bible written down, the written word of God. There is a third sense, preaching. How can I say preaching is the word of God? What a thing to say. Well, this is clearly the case in the New Testament. It's exactly what the apostles say a number of times. Um, would you like to turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5, which is on page 872? Let's just flick on a bit together to 2 Corinthians 5, page 872. Okay, so as the apostles went around proclaiming Jesus, look at how it's described. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. It's towards the end of the chapter. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You see, preachers speak on Christ's behalf like an ambassador, with all the uniform, all the ID, everything they need. Yes, they really do speak on behalf of who they're representing. So Paul could say again to another church, he said, uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. He calls his preaching of the gospel the word of god and so we can say the same now this needs a crucial caveat doesn't it because it's not that there's a blank slate for any old person to stand up and say what they want and claim well, i'm preaching so it's god's word you better believe it no the calling of preachers is to proclaim the true biblical gospel according to jesus and his apostles now many aren't doing that. And so that is not the word of God. But if that is what we're doing, if Andy and I are preaching the gospel faithfully, then you are hearing in real time the voice of God. Now we'll think more about the content of preaching next week. Um, I don't know if anyone else here is still reeling from the rugby last night. Uh, at least we lasted a week longer than the Welsh. Eh? Uh, sorry, Tom, wherever you are. Um, but if there's one thing that the Welsh do very well in rugby, it's got to be the singing of the fans, hasn't it? Um, they love that old hymn with the line, bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. It's from a great old hymn, isn't it? Um, and you'll probably know the Old Testament story that it's referring to, where God sent bread from heaven heaven. <laughs> Um, the Israelites were in the wilderness, and he miraculously provided bread every day, falling from the sky, called manna. They go and collect it every day. God can do that. Now think about this. God could have done that with Bibles. Okay, he he could just rain Bibles, couldn't he, all over creation, Bibles from heaven, Bibles from heaven. He could do that. That's not what he's done, is it? Instead, he sends preachers to proclaim the gospel of the Bible. We've been seeing this in Acts, haven't we, in connect groups. Um, what do the apostles do as they fulfill Jesus' marching orders to witness to him to the ends of the earth? They preach. They proclaim the gospel. They don't start up literacy programs or schools they don't invent a printing press maybe that's a bit unfair came 1400 years later but you get the point that they didn't um sit all the believers down did they say right guys we've got to get this gospel out everywhere what's the best way we need to sit down and make as many copies of this as we can so that everyone's got it that wasn't their strategy what they did was preach and so the Westminster Shorter Catechism puts it very helpfully. How is the word made effectual to salvation? Well, the Spirit of God makes the reading, but especially the preaching of the word, an effectual means of convicting and converting sinners and of building them up in holiness and comfort through faith unto salvation. This is God's way. Yes, the Bible is essential Every blessing to Bible translation and literacy programs. Amen. But God doesn't require you to be literate to be saved. He doesn't even require you to have a Bible in your own language to be saved. You just need to hear it. Faith comes from hearing the message. It's very easy to forget this because since the printing press was invented a few hundred years ago, we just take physical Bibles for granted, don't we? It hasn't always been the case. Many people around the world don't have that extraordinary privilege. And you see, God's primary means of communicating to us is actually to get his word into our hearts, not through our eyes, but through our ears. He doesn't drop Bibles from heaven for the world he gives preachers to the church for the world now i hope that gives you confidence uh, we long for our friends and families to to know jesus don't we to know the the hope of the gospel to know forgiveness and eternal life with god and it's such a joy that, that people we can bring people here on a sunday can't we it's great to every week really to meet people who've been brought along this is the place to come this is God's plan. So, church family, go for it in bringing people. Have confidence that preaching is God's primary way of saving people. Saving people from death to life in conversion, but also saving us continually as we go on by faith. God preaches through humans for life for life lastly can we turn back together to Isaiah 55 which Jacob read so well for us earlier Isaiah 55 page 555 it's all about the fives Isaiah 55 so through his prophet Isaiah God calls to the people doesn't he saying come come back to me and did you notice verse 3 as Jacob read. Isaiah 55, verse 3, give ear and come to me. How do we come to God? By giving ear. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. And He calls them to repent, verse 6 to 7. He's saying, turn away from your sin, turn back to the Lord, and the promise is there, he will freely pardon, end of verse 7. Now, how can that be? Look at verse 9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. How can the immense gap uh, between us in our sinfulness and the holy creator God, how can that be bridged? Verse 10 is the answer. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. What's that purpose? Verse 12. You shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. Joy, peace, life, salvation. It's possible with our immensely high God because he sends his word down to us. We prayed earlier for our mission partners in the Gambia. There was a few of us went to visit them at um, the start of this year. And in the Gambia, you have eight months of no rain. Um, it's right just south of the Sahara Desert. Um, everything gets drier and dustier in those eight months. Everything's orange and brown and dry. And then one day in June, July, the wind begins to pick up. There's something in the air. The atmosphere is changing. Clouds begin to roll in. And then it happens. It rains. And the rains keep falling for four months. Rain means life. Farmers have been planting their crops, trusting that the rain would come. And suddenly everything springs to life. In just a matter of hours, what was dusty and dry and orange-brown is now covered in green, verdant, aromatic life. That is Isaiah's picture of what God's word does. It brings life. That's why Jesus came. He said, I have come that you may have life. Now, that's why we have scripture. Give me life according to your words, the psalmist prays. That's why we have preaching. As Moses finished his great sermon, he says, these are not just idle words for you. They are your life. Do you see? The incarnate word, the written word, the preached word is how God communicates life to us. As the preached word of God proclaims the written word of God about the incarnate word of God, we receive life. And so Peter could say, you have been born again. New life. Been born again through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, all their glory is like the flowers of the fields. Grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Have you been born again? If you haven't yet put your trust in Jesus, in what he did for you in his death and resurrection, now is the time. Give ear and come to me, God is saying. Listen that you may live. That is why God has brought the words of life to your ears. So, the Father preaches through humans for life. So it's been an unusual sermon, hasn't it? Preaching about preaching. But we've seen such vital things, friends. Preaching is not just a stylistic choice. It's not just an honourable tradition. I believe this is maybe the big question for us at CCB. What do you expect from preaching? Preaching declares... The word of God is not just about knowledge. It is about truly meeting with God. Is that what you come to church expecting? To hear the voice of God. We should have very high expectations of preaching. Not because of the calibre of the human preacher, but because so long as we're faithfully proclaiming the gospel, God himself is preaching. So come on a Sunday, ready to joyfully hear the mighty voice of your loving Father in heaven. And let me ask, what do you do to retain what he says? If I asked you on Thursday, what has God been saying to you lately? How would you answer? If you're sitting under preaching every week, God is speaking to you. So remember where we began the Father. The character of your Father shapes your experience of the Father. We don't come to our Heavenly Father like Elton John, trembling in fear and worry before his harsh father. No, we can come with joyful expectation of the wonder and love of our heavenly father. Friends, that is what we experience through preaching. So um, let me invite the band to come up and um, we're gonna sing a song in a moment, which we often sing to um, prepare us for a sermon. Uh, the chorus says, show us Christ. It's a prayer that God would reveal his glory through preaching. Um, I'd love us to sing it, not so much for the sermon, which we just had, but I guess in a more general sense, as we come to preaching week by week, may this be our prayer. And I want to end with one last image. Um, Jesus said about hearing his words in Mark chapter four, he said, consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more. Um, it's an image from the food market. Imagine someone selling rice. They've got huge sacks of rice. They say, okay, How much do you want? The measure you bring, that's what you get. So if you bring a tiny egg cup, that's what you get. Jesus says, If you bring a big bowl, that is what you get and even more what a promise of grace abundance he's ready to give life abundantly through his words so let's come with big bowls